Hello, and welcome to the Bartlett Podcast. I'm Caitlin Kokoska. And I'm Cormac O'Brien. We're just several days away from the new BC election, the 41st provincial election here in British Columbia, uh, and things are beginning to get a little intense. While most people are aware of the politics happening in the states and maybe even the federal election, not a lot of students are paying attention to BC politics. So we decided to have students who volunteer for each party come on the podcast. There are tons of smaller parties and independent candidates, but since this is a limited podcast, we decided to just talk to students who are volunteering with the three major parties. First, we talked to Tessa DeVacos of the BC NDP. Second, we talked to Tyler Faminoff from the BC Liberals. And lastly, we have Nick Noble from the BC Green Party. Since this is a political podcast, we do have a little disclaimer to read out. The views expressed on this podcast don't necessarily reflect those of the Martlet, CFUB, or its affiliates. And again, our guests are student volunteers with their political parties, and their views don't necessarily reflect or align with that of their party. However, their political views have led them to support their parties accordingly. All done. (laughs) With that said, enjoy the podcast. So my name is Tessa DeVacos. I'm a third year economics student here. Um, and I'm focusing a bit on feminist economics and how gender relates to econ. And what party are you representing in this BC election? And I am proudly a member of the BC NDP and also the co-chair of the UVic NDP squad. How did you get started with, uh, with the BC NDP specifically? Sure. Um, so the BC NDP and the NDP are functionally one party for all that matters to us. We support each other. I don't know the inner workings of our constitution, um, but we're, I think, lateral, vertical, however you want to say it. We're pretty tight. Um, so I was involved with the Ontario NDP back when I lived in Ontario. I'm from Toronto originally, and I just moved out here for university. And so I got involved then pretty young because both my parents are NDPers. Um, and my dad's someone who studied homelessness and seeing his research meant that I had to be left wing essentially (laughs) and then led me to the NDP pretty damn fast Um, and I've thought about it a lot I keep going back to it and I haven't found a good reason why I should be straying and especially this year I've got a lot of reasons why I've recommitted myself putting in even more hours Mm -hmm. than before yeah in this particular BC election, can you talk about three kind of key platform ideas that the BC NDP are focusing on? Yeah, definitely. Um, the one that's always on the top of my mind is housing. I was one of those people who was screwed. Can I say screwed on a podcast? Are we, yeah. <laughs> yeah, screwed in September. Um, I'm really, really grateful to see them actually reinvesting in building housing again, building co-ops, building subsidized housing on campus. One of Rob Fleming's big things um, is allowing the university to take out debt like they did with CARSA. And God knows I don't like CARSA, but um, if they can take out that kind of debt again to build more units, the university is actually ready to build 600 units on campus. And that's 600 more people we can fit on this campus and not have competing for every dingy bachelor apartment in Victoria. (laughs) Um, That's something I'm really big on. Tied to that is also the renter's rebate, which is $400 a year. Um, to recognize that being a renter is expensive and has costs um, with it, just like being a homeowner does. Canada has lots and lots of homeowner tax credits, so it's good to see the renters finally catching up, Mm -hmm. especially since we are, on average, lower income than homeowners are. Totally. Um, A $15 minimum wage is another big one for me. Um, BC has a ridiculously high cost of living, and we have one of the lowest minimum wages in the country. That does not make any sense to me. I've taken a pay cut in jobs moving from Ontario to Victoria just because 
the minimum wage is lower. So employers, even when paying you above minimum wage, feel that they can pay you less comparatively. Mm -hmm. Um, Our minimum wage needs to catch up um, and it should eventually hit $15 and should eventually work to be even higher than that and actually keep up with inflation, unlike it hasn't been in the last (laughs) little while. I'm an economics student. It bugs me. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. And the third one? And the third one, um, definitely the environment, putting programs like Site-C through testing that's actually going to show us that they're so horrible for the environment, because we know that. But if the province and the government isn't actually proving that, that's Mm -hmm. not okay. And then we can justifiably say that, no, this isn't okay. Same with Kinder Morgan. I'm big anti-pipeline person. Um, and so was the PCNDP, thankfully, or at least anti-Kinder Morgan specifically, because it just doesn't make sense. We live on the island. We know what those uh, what the tankers look like. We know how much they upset people. And we know that the trade-off isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so let's get a little bit into kind of maybe the criticism that we've seen so far of the, yeah. of the BCNDP. You mentioned the, the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of the criticism that's been leveled at John Horgan, the leader of the party, and, and the, the uh, ideas that he's putting forward, that it's going to cost people a lot of money. And that, you're, you know, when you're raising these things, and you know there's a lot of investment talk from John Horgan as well there's the fear that it's going to cost a lot of BC residents I'm just wondering how you how you feel about that and how you respond to it well other places with much higher minimum wages that have done okay Mm -hmm. um it's not going to be a catastrophe no matter what we do we're going to be okay that's the thing with most tweaks to the economy like we're all going to be fine um and then we're going to raise it slowly it's $15 by the end of the first term. So that's 2021. That's a long ways away. We'll only be catching up to the rest of the country on average in like a year or something like that. And we won't be that much substantially higher. We're also far below catching up on inflation. Mm -hmm. So over the last 16 years, it hasn't been raised enough. I think we're just over 11. Um, It is too low. It doesn't hurt people that much. For small businesses, we're giving them, I think, 0.5% off small business taxes, something to that effect. So they'll be getting back some of the money that they will have to pay out to their Mm -hmm. minimum wage employees. It's not going to be a huge burden. I don't understand why BCs is so low to begin with when we're such a well-off province. A lot of the concern we've heard of the Green Party is that the BC NDP and the Green Party split the left vote, the BC Liberals yeah. come in and kind of sweep the rest of it. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's fair to say that the BC NDP and the Green are on a similar wavelength that they could split that vote? We have a lot in common. A lot of parties do. I don't think we quite realize in the spectrum of things and maybe the spectrum of politics that political science students will study. Like most Canadian parties are pretty close together. But yeah, there is a fear about splitting the left vote. Um I don't quite get green voters, and I do give them a lot of credit. I have green friends. They're great people. A lot of their policies are good. A lot of their policies are very similar to ours. I don't think, I think we're splitting hairs over where we disagree a lot of the times, Mm -hmm. but I feel very confident in the message that the BC NDP is putting out, and I feel very confident in our candidates and our leadership that I just don't see why you want to risk splitting the left vote in order to do that. We wouldn't be voting for them. I just don't see why we need a different alternative when we have such a strong left-wing, right. well-costed <laughs> party. So you do see that as an issue then if yeah. people do go to vote green? Yeah, I don't understand the viewpoint where everyone wants to be voting green, but just voting NDP is a, um, like a second option or something yeah, like that. Like, I feel oh, like I guess we I present, have to do this. Yeah, I feel like we're a really good option and we've got great, exciting candidates. We've got very competent people. We've got exciting policies. Like $10 a day childcare is a very, very big thing. And I think the NDP has been bringing up bringing it up so many times that maybe it's not that exciting. (laughs) That's important. What does the BC NDP offer that you think will motivate students 
as a kind of a group. Yeah, well, we've had a lot of success on campus this year. Like the club kind of did a, I don't know if it's a rebranding or we, we just started caring a lot more in September, which mm-hmm. was nice. And we got a good reaction out of people. I think probably most pressing for students is um, getting rid of interest on student loans. That's completely ridiculous. I think that's almost amoral that we have it and that they were very high. Um, and then in order to get people to graduate, I have a lot of friends who have either a year left or close to graduating or a lot of folks who kind of leave with some credits hanging in there there'll be a I think essentially a thousand dollar grant mm. if you complete a completion grant I think that's what it is that you can take off your lo- your student loans right. at the end of your degree if you finish and that counts for two-year programs as well um, for students of all kinds bringing back adult basic education being free same with ESL I think is really important and it's frustrating that those things weren't already being taken care of in a province that's as well off as British Columbia. How do you see the tone going forward in, in 2017 BC election? I think it's still going to be fundamentally friendly. Um, we had our first radio debate. Did you mm-hmm. listen in on that? Yeah. And John was firm and John called out every lie from either candidate. Let's go with that. Because um, there were some really rough things that have happened, like MSP. It's BS. Same with BC hydro rates increasing to that extent. The disability clawback. I just heard a lot of people deeply upset and it it affected a lot of people let's go with that Mm -hmm. and it's completely not okay it's completely amoral um and i don't understand how we're not supposed to be upset about that we keep calling john passionate i think that's the right way to put it he also i've met him i've talked to him a decent amount he's not a he's not an angry guy he's very friendly he likes to show off his star trek socks that's like (laughs) the genuine john (laughs) um who wouldn't though yeah no that's the thing So I don't know what the overarching tone is going to be, but we have a strong message. We're working for the people of BC. Um, We want to build a better BC. If you want an overarching tagline, that's hashtag better BC. I'm all about it. But (laughs) yeah, no, we just need to reach more people. Totally. Get her done. Yeah. Tessa, thanks so much for coming in and speaking today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, my name is Tyler Famino. I'm a fourth-year poli-sci now, coming this fall. And what party are you involved with coming the upcoming BC election? I'm involved with the Today's BC Liberals. Cool. For those of you who may not know, what what is the difference between, if there is a difference, between the BC Liberals and the Federal Liberals? I would say the biggest difference that I've seen personally is I felt included as a conservative. I'm not like a classical liberal and the BC liberals, they're, they're such a wide uh, view of interest within the party. Mm-hmm. A lot of conservatives, a lot of sort of center libertarians, left-leaning, and some of them even further left. Mm-hmm. And the party does an excellent job looking at all interests and deciding how we can best accommodate those in other communities. Totally. Obviously, the BC Liberals in charge now, they have been for some time, as the party already in power. Do you think there's a difficulty in running an election when you're already in power versus, you know, when you're promising to be, when you're doing things when you are in power? Right. I think it's always difficult to remain your party's power while you're being the incumbent. Mm -hmm. Because you have to continuously prove to the people that, one, you are doing the job you said you would do, two, you're going to do a better job, and three, that you're you just have to keep doing more mm-hmm. and keep doing it at a level that not only is just satisfactory, but it exceeds demands. Totally. Well, speaking of ideas, I mean, let's kind of get into it. What, what do you think are the three biggest uh, platform ideas for the, for the BC Liberals this BC election? 
this this election, I guess the party and I sort of disagree. I, I, okay. I'm from a northern community, so for me, the biggest issues are Site C, LNG projects, and just bringing in more more work to the northern communities mm-hmm. and sort of engaging that outreach that sort of declined over the past couple of years. And for those that don't know, where, where do the BC Liberals stand on, on those kinds of topics? So the BC Liberals are very pro-Site C. It was their project to begin with, mm-hmm. and it does open up a, a revenue source that wasn't already readily available. And LNG, liquid natural gas, uh, increasing pipelines and the flow of oil trade to open up to hopefully other mar- markets. Mm-hmm. So I guess I feel like what I've seen, at least a lot of what the BC Liberals are talking about this election is the economy and the work and yes. the jobs. And that's yes. probably not uh, unusual in terms of the ideas that they're bringing forward to the table. Right. And I, I think in saying that, I think a lot of people look at the BC Liberals and consider them to be this, like, they're the economy party. They're the jobs party. Do you think that's fair? I mean, to a certain extent, I, I do think it's fair. Uh, our party has definitely spent a lot of focus on on job creation and job growth, mm-hmm. whereas some of the other parties may have spent their time on other issues, such as education, mm-hmm. healthcare, and some more social issues. And that's sort of the divide you really see between... The three major parties, mm-hmm. the NDP and also the Green Party, is the issues really lie on social changes that they'd rather see the BC liberals do. Totally. Yeah. I think with, uh, I guess, along with that economy aspect, a lot of people would consider the BC liberals to be anti-environmentalists. Not necessarily actively anti but just in what they do with the economy can often harm the environment how do you how do you respond to that you know i think it's a little unfair Mm -hmm. just because what the bc liberals have done has followed every law it's very by the books and keeping with current environmental regulations some some people want the party to go above and beyond that and start changing the law and eventually what we would get into would be shutting down projects that are giving work back to the northern communities. Mm-hmm. There's a moral good in keeping with these increased environmental regulations. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the alternative is that these people that are now back in work after not having work for six months, two years, three years, totally. they're back on welfare. They're back on government subsidies. Um, what would you say to people who would consider expanding like new energy projects like solar wind as a, as an alternative to the kind of site C LNG stuff that's where we're seeing the jobs being created yeah definitely i would i would say we hold off because as we just saw with ontario and their their party uh going full into alternative energy that market crashed really quick it mm-hmm. wasn't sustainable and it created a lot of debt i think we should slowly ease into that and sort of work our way into it and keep looking at back what the, the research and the science says. There's been a lot this election in the media quite a bit about there was a controversy where the donations came yeah. from. They returned about close to $200,000 worth. Yeah. Do you think that'll really harm the BC Liberals in the election? Do you think it's fair to say it should? I think by returning it, it's a show of good faith mm-hmm. that even in the midst of something that may or may not be legal or may or not be illegal, mm-hmm. that... The BC Liberals said, hold off, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to return turn these do- donations because it may or may not be a conflict of interest totally. between campaign financing laws. If it does- which BC has pretty 
loose campaign financing laws. <laughs> There's not much really to go off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's been written about too. I think yeah. the New, was it the New York Times did a whole piece on BC's election law or sorry, BC's donation yeah. laws. Yeah. So do you think, I mean, if that does become a big sticking point and if you hear a lot of people say, well, no, because of this, uh, how would you respond to something like that? I would I would say it's kind of, it's definitely hard, especially when you look at some of the laws that have been passed in the United States and, and how it interprets as freedom of speech and freedom of speech being my money. Mm-hmm. I cannot, just because I cannot physically say, my money can be an expression of my, or sorry, an extension of my freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. So then the issue gets a little more nuanced. It's, uh, you're not just saying you can't donate to a party. You're saying you don't have the right to speak to this party. And that's sort of where the issues develop now, thanks to groups or cases like Citizens United. Mm-hmm. And it brings, it's harder to just say, no, we can't have unions or corporations donating to political parties. Totally. Or individuals only donating, say, $2,200 as a maximum. I guess there's something to be said for, well, I, I, I'm genuinely asking this because I'm curious. Yeah. Does, it, does the freedom of speech extend to a corporation? I think to a certain extent it does. Yeah. Because when you look at it, a corporation is nothing more than the shareholders and stakeholders and the CEO and the board making decisions on how to best to produce wealth. Mm -hmm. So a certain – there has to be some sort of crossover between those individuals' freedom of speech and that translating into a corporation's freedom of speech. Because – just because they're under the guise of a corporation doesn't mean that their rights need to be suppressed in that sense. Totally. Why do you think uh, a vote for the BC Liberals makes sense for students specifically? You know, that's that's something I've always had trouble arguing. Hmm. Because in the short run, it doesn't make sense. It's actually just an investment into your future. Right. Whereas with voting for another party with a more with more social policies, that's like, say, $10 a day daycare Mm -hmm. that money's got to come from somewhere and me knowing my own story i can't afford increase in taxes i can't afford increase in bills like that's just not something i can do i can't be a student and pay live on my own and pay all these extra expenses Mm -hmm. for me voting for the bc liberals was a economic decision tyler thanks so much for coming in and speaking today yeah thank you Yeah, sure. My name's Nick. I'm a third-year political science student with a minor in uh, visual arts. I'm originally from North Vancouver, just came to Victoria for school. So uh, I I got involved with the Green Party just actually this year. A friend of mine encouraged me to apply for an open position in the UVic Greens as co-president, and I did so, and uh, I was actually voted in, which was pretty cool because I'd never done anything with them before. But it's uh, it's been great, yeah. Um, I've been volunteering with the campaign for Andrew Weaver and Oak Bay Gordon Head and doing, um, you know, just doing support work for uh, the Central Party as well and the other candidates. And uh, it's been been going really well. You're saying this is your first bit of political work. What made you decide to get involved with the Green Party specifically? 
Uh, mostly because the uh, like many Green Party uh, supporters, I was rather turned off by the alternatives, the two establishment parties of the Liberals and NDP. The Liberals and NDP have been swapping majorities in British Columbia since 1952, albeit with the Liberals in the form of the Social Credit Party prior to their loss of the 1992 election. And uh, I, I can't say I'm really on board with either of their policies. I find you know they're they're so caught up in their political approach rather than doing things as a service to British Columbians. They're they're doing things as a service to themselves and to their party. Uh, they have a lot of focus on just making the other party look bad in Parliament rather than advancing real solutions. And the Green Party stands for, uh, you know, doing things as a service rather than a career in terms of politics. And um, cooperation across party lines is really important to me, and they advocate for that a lot. And uh, making decisions based on evidence and data rather than where they fall ideologically. Totally. Obviously, there are more than three, but do you want to just touch on three important platform issues that the, the Green Party are kind of focusing on? Yeah, so the uh, I would say that the priorities for the Green Party are education, housing, and the environment. So when it comes to education, we're looking at taking the current educational system and kind of not defining it as, you know, preschool, elementary school, high school, university, but rather as a broad continuum of just the one process of education and trying to kind of create more overlap and blending them together for a more uh, comprehensive education experience for young British Columbians. So what this entails is giving the opportunity for young British Columbians aged three to four for uh, free daycare. What this does is it allows their parents who would otherwise be stuck in the home looking after these children to go out back into the workforce, not have to take time off for their careers and potentially lose out in their careers because of that. Uh, and it also gives little kids uh, an opportunity to uh, to start developing from an early age and prepare them better for uh, elementary school when they go into that. Um, we are also looking to give tax breaks for students that are paying off tuition debt, which is super important, not just for giving debt entirely, which is, I think, part of the NDP platform, but a, a data-based approach in which we, we give tax breaks up to $2,000 every year for five years so that they can better pay off their student debt without taking money from other taxpayers mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Um, and then when it comes to housing, we're looking at taking a, a more comprehensive approach in terms of the foreign buyers tax in which we double the tax from 15 to 30 percent and expand it across the, across the province. Because right now it's only in effect in Metro Vancouver. And what that does is it just pushes the problems out to other urban areas like Victoria and Kelowna. So we've been seeing a sharp increase in our housing prices there since uh, the summer when the Liberals enacted their foreign buyers tax. Um, yeah, and then the last one in the environment, obviously, Green Party's always been very environmental. We're trying to branch out and make more ourselves less of a, a one one issue party mm-hmm. and a more comprehensive party. So we look to, you know, bring up green solutions in uh, tech and industry that don't take away jobs, but actually stimulate job growth just in uh, cleaner and more responsible industries. Mm-hmm. Totally. Another kind of one of the problems that I've been hearing a lot about what the Green Party brings is the splitting of the left vote between the NDP and the Green. And a lot of people are concerned that that just kind of leads the way for the BC Liberals to come in and sweep the whole thing. How do you feel about that? So I definitely understand the fear there. I, I'm no more of a fan of uh, Christy Clark and government than, than these uh, people are. But if you actually take a look at all the numbers and all the data, um, it shows pretty conclusively that the Green do not so much split the left vote as they do bring in voters from across the spectrum, as well as non-voters who would not otherwise bother to cast a ballot. For example, the Greens' two most uh, competitive ridings in 2013, Sandwich North and the Islands and Oak Bay Gordon Head, also had the highest voter turnout in that election. So I think that proves that uh, it brings in the disenchanted uh, voters. Um, in addition, there's plenty of people that uh, are turned off by the Liberals who are you know, more center-oriented on the ideological scale and come to our side. There's definitely some disenchanted NDP voters as well. But the idea that the NDP is kind of 
you know, entitled to the left vote is, I think, indicative of the toxic state of our uh, of our current politics in mm-hmm. British Columbia. And we definitely need to give uh, this third party a chance because they're a real force and they have some really good ideas. You touched on the tone there. Do you want to talk about how you feel and how you're seeing the tone of this election play out? Yeah, so definitely within my bubble of the green, you know, I'm surrounded by, by people um, who, who think similarly to me. And there's a lot of uh, optimism and uh, a lot of, you know, good vibes within the green bubble. But when you kind of look beyond, especially on social media, there's definitely a lot of toxicity coming from a lot of people. We get a lot of, you know, uh, spam and fake accounts from the NDP uh, supporters, especially who accuse us of, of splitting the vote and can be quite, uh, you know, quite vitriolic in their message. Um, you saw, I'm, you might have seen in the news, there's that uh, liberal van with a bunch of, uh, you know, attack ads directed towards John Horgan on the side um, that follows John Horgan around Metro Vancouver. Like, I don't know if the liberals think that this attracts people to their party. I do not understand the logic there. It makes them work, look far worse than it makes the NDP look bad. But within um, the green sphere, there's I, I've met some great people. There's always a great atmosphere in the office. But definitely, like in the wider picture, there's definitely a lot of uh, not so great messages being pushed out there by people all across the spectrum, by people uh, you know in every party, which is uh, why I think we need to kind of. Uh, push the Greens to change the political landscape of mm. the province and encourage more uh, cooperation and um, positive messages totally. in politics. Do you want to speak about why you think students specifically are better off voting for the BC Greens? Absolutely. Um, one of the main principles of the BC Green Party is something called intergenerational equity. And what this means is uh, making sure that we leave the world in a better shape than we found it for the next generation and um, taking long-term decision decisions that uh, prioritize you know, the future over, you know, what is good for the now. So decisions that will, um, you know, bring good to the province for, for generations to come rather than just thinking about, you know, how will this affect jobs in the present kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, as I said, education is a huge issue for, for the BC Green Party. For, for students paying off student loans, there's a $2,000 tax uh, forgiveness for up to five years. Um Housing, another huge issue for UVic students, you know, 0.6% vacancy rate in Victoria. So we are, are taking measures to protect uh, renters because obviously many students are renters from bad policies by their landlords, such as rent evictions and dem evictions. We need to uh, update the Tenancy Act to protect renters from damaging things such as those, as well as arbitrary rent increases. Um, we are looking to build more affordable renting units, which will not only help the people that will go and live in those renting units, but will also help cool down the rental market due to the increase in supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, we will support universities looking to build more student housing, because right now the universities like SFU, UBC, and UVic are desperate to build more student housing, but are prohibited by doing so by the uh, BC Liberal government, because they fear that to do so they would have to take on debt which would then damage bc's currently really good credit rating so we think that you know student housing has to take priority above the appearance of our credit rating obviously having a great credit rating is awesome but um if it means that students have nowhere to live it's probably not worthwhile like what's the point you mm-hmm. know? nick thanks so much for coming and speaking yeah, with me today thank you so much for having me cheers Thanks for listening to this edition of the Martlet Podcast. 
Voting for the BC election begins May 9th, Tuesday, May 9th. Uh, there are lots of candidates, more than just the three parties that we highlighted today. Uh, you can Google BC election, find out information about any and all of the candidates, or check out elections.bc.ca. What's important is that you vote. Doesn't matter who for, just vote. You can write your own name in. Just go out and vote. <laughs> can they do that? Well, sure, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to the guests that came on the podcast this time around, and we want to give a big thanks to CFUV and the Martlet for continuing to support this podcast. We'll see you in about a month when we're going to talk about graduation, because Cormac and I will be graduating eventually. A lot of our friends are graduating, and we want to know what happens afterwards. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.